Welcome back, everybody. Woo! Welcome back to another Welcome to the J episode. I am your host, Jahans Maniga, aka 12. I got a very special guest with me today. Before we get into that, make sure to like and subscribe to the Field of 68 Media Network. You guys know the deal. You get to listen to a whole bunch of different people repping their alma maters like I'm doing today. Go Jays, go always. But if you want more content from other guys representing their former schools, make sure to like and subscribe to the Field of 68 Media Network. I appreciate you guys so much for doing so already. My guest today, the 16th guest of season number two of the Welcome to the J podcast. He's a legend, an absolute legend in the <laughs> Omaha community. He was my head coach for the Creighton-based Omaha Blue Crew TBT team this past summer. He's been instrumental in making sure that TBT actually comes to Omaha this upcoming summer. So we're going to give you a whole lot of information about that. Make sure you guys get your tickets. Make sure you're here to support the boys. He is the pride of North O, as always. 6'2", Jay Jonesy, 5. What up, man? For the introduction, man. I appreciate it. What's good? Bro, I should say welcome back because you know you've been on this on this yeah, little sure, you know podcast of mine before. How you yeah, doing, man. I, I get up when I can, man. I uh, mm -hmm. first I, I think it's dope, man. Shout out to the the Field of Sixty Eight Network. It's crazy. I mean, you're giving uh, people like yourself a platform to uh, keep others informed, bro. Keep doing the good work on your part, man. Say, I'm, you know me, I'm trying. If the people want to hear me talk, I'm going to talk. <laughs> I'm going to go about it. I think you kind of have a similar approach. You and I are big time talkers, like as far as even like talking shit in the locker room, trying to get everybody hyped up on the floor. We used to practice against each other, getting the best out of each other because of right. talking trash and, you know, egging each other on. So I already know yes. what we're about to get into, bro. The people don't know, though. If, if you guys, like before you press pause right now and go back and listen to the episode from last year when Josh Jones was on, if you guys really want to have a good old laugh and just see right. two homies just talking. So, man, you doing good? How's Omaha treating you? Uh, Omaha is great, man. You know, um, you know, obviously I got my son. He's almost three. You know, Already. Uh, lefty, lefty. <laughs> <laughs> Had to be. Had to be. <laughs> yeah, man. So just being the dad and, um, you know, uh, got a new job, you know, uh, just still trying to impact the community in so many different ways, man. So I'm doing good. Yeah, I have a whole bunch of questions for you about like the stuff that you do in the community, because I find it fascinating with how much you have on your plate, the time that you still have to go back and give back to yours and the people who help raise you, your community, right. especially North Omaha, who's always in need of help. Uh, so we're definitely going to get into that a little bit later. Before we fully dive into that, though, we got to talk about the Jays this past Saturday loss on the road to Providence 72-51. Uh, this was, of course, the first game that we see them play without Ryan Nemhard, who uh, had that wrist injury. Uh, Man, he's God. already had surgery for it. I, I want to get your opinion on it. I talked about it on my podcast last week a little bit, but the Jays who's in their lead point guard, a freshman who has so much promise, who still has so much promise, uh, right. When he recovers and he comes back, what's your take on, you know, what's going to happen with the Jays, especially like losing a point guard of his caliber? Right. Um. Well, for me, anytime something like that or just any injury or any type of adversity that goes on with our team, I'll automatically reflect back to our locker room days. And mm -hmm. uh, I mean, you got to think about like, aside from like what people see from play of this kid in practice, you got to see what type of kid he is in the locker room, what type of kid he, he is in uh, in practice. I mean, it's a huge loss for our team because the spark that he is on his uh, – with his leadership being the floor general or whatever, man, um, that's the same energy that he brought to every aspect of the game. So, um, luckily, we got Coach Mack, though. You know, um, it comes down to coaching to me. Uh, mm -hmm. I know he'll find some type of way to just keep him rallying rallying to go but uh it was just tragic like i couldn't even like i just turned my i like i just turned my head i feel bad for yeah. this i jumped off the couch and just ran to the other room when i saw like you know me i'm queasy when it comes to injuries like that it just kind of right. reminds me of like you know like the paul george type of injuries the sean livingston type of injuries where you just when you see it immediately it just kind of right at least for me that's the reaction that i have i just couldn't look at it and yeah, exactly. what, made, what it made me think of a little bit, too, is obviously like my junior year when you were going through your heart issues right. and we already is well documented when you essentially passed out stretching at right before the game and before right. you realized that your heart rate was on some 
astronomical numbers. I remember how it affected the locker room. So exactly, obviously, I, I'm guessing that you think that you know what happened to R two yeah, definitely a, affected that, the yeah. locker room in the same way, right? Yeah, that's exactly where I was going with it. Um, um, that was well put. Um, for me, like I just, man, at this time of the year, you know, it does does not matter whatever you went through uh, in the season. It's all about March, you know. Um, you know, I just feel like um, I'm really concerned about the team, um, like how they were, how they were uh, will respond to this. Um, like I, it's, it, I'm just kind of lost for words because, like, I mean, people think about basketball, man, but I think about the person, you know. And for him to go as hard as he did all year to put it all on the line and just have a freak accident happen, man. Um, I wish him well on a speedy recovery and. Um, it would be interesting to see how others step up. I mean, you already lost Sharif, you know, um, he, he was another spark, you know, towards the team. And then you have another floor general that's down. So, um, you know, I, I lean on Alex O'Connell to do a little bit more, you know, Um, I mean, we're going to need a lot from everybody, but uh, I'm, I'm thinking about him. I'm thinking about his experience and hopefully he can like not necessarily put the team on his back, but definitely, you know, pick up the slack that Ryan um, had. What's crazy about it is the Jays, who have been high in turnovers essentially all year, only turned the ball over eight times on Saturday. And as I think about the game and, and watching it again at, before I got ready for this uh, podcast, it just kind of felt like the Jays missed some shots. You know, they had some overlooks that they missed, uh, some shots around the basket that just wouldn't fall for them. Uh, not right. too many two second chance points either. It just kind of felt like they just couldn't make enough shots to keep up with Providence. And obviously, Providence, shouts out to them. They win the regular season uh, title. Right. But for a team that, like, turned it over so much, like, for them to only do it eight times, I thought it was actually a step in the right direction. They were it able was. to get some of the shots that they wanted. It just it didn't fall. And, and that's why I mentioned March, man, because, like, at the end of the day, uh, I got this um, saying that I always use. I always say 19 and 7. And I always say that because it takes me back to high school. When I went to Omaha Central, um, our, our record was 19 and seven and we still won state. We weren't doing well around this part of the year. We lost three games in a row. But uh, once it was tournament time, it's all about like the camaraderie, how we were clicking in certain moments. And we carried that momentum into the tournament. And so mm-hmm. I still feel like the Jays can have a 19 and seven mentality. Obviously, with Coach Mack up there, he's going to will them the best he can, uh, along with his assistant coaches. But uh, the guys got they got they got. You know, I'm an optimist, so you got an extra uh, bit of fuel to um, you know add to the fire of your success. Playing for Ryan now, you gotta you gotta find some way to win. So right, you know, like they, I think they can do it. It's just all about uh, their mind over the matter. Before we move on to the next topic, let me tell you guys a little bit about our partners over at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. If we haven't signed up with Bet Rivers yet, now's the time because they're offering a $250 match bonus for your first deposit. But what sets them apart is that they require just one playthrough to turn your bonus into cash money. With their new Rush Pay instant approval, withdrawing your winnings is safer, more secure, and more reliable. With basketball season tipping off, get in on the action by going to betrivers.com today or by downloading the BetRivers iOS app. Must be 21 years or older. Gambling problem? Call telephone number 1-800-GAMBLER. So they got two home games left to end the Big East regular season. Got UConn on a Wednesday. Uh, they got Seton Hall on Saturday and right there, right into the Big East tournament next week. Right. Uh, two big time games. What do you think the boys need to kind of adjust from their loss on Providence in order to get two big time victories? If they're able to win both those games, they solidify their uh, third place in the Big East standings when they were preseason ranked number eight or number nine. If exactly. I'm not mistaken. So, what do you think they need to do to make sure they get a dub? Uh, they got to block everything else out. They got to play like they have nothing to lose and everything to gain. I feel like, uh, you know, today. They're practicing today. You know, I feel like they need to just have the approach that, like, we're going to disregard any and everything that happened all the way up to the point this season, dwell off of the positive things that has happened, and just keep carrying the momentum that they uh, 
have believing in each other. Don't get caught up in the media hype. Don't get caught up in the the previous losses and all those things when it comes to the record. You got to play for now. As long as you got that one common goal in your mind, it does not matter what else happens. Coach Mack in his post-game interview talked about like how big the Providence crowd was for Providence understanding that moment. Like if we win tonight's game, we're going to be at least going to share or I think they already outright biggies. Uh, regular season winners and coach Mack urged the Omaha crowd to make sure to be in attendance for Wednesday and Saturday because he understands the importance of like what a home crowd brings to the table exactly. you both played in front of crazy Omaha oh my crowd. god right I, I need to know what's one of the games that like kind of sticks at you at home when the crowd is going berserk that like <laughs> for whatever reason like maybe it wasn't like the biggest game on the schedule but you just remember maybe a moment or two that like the crowd went crazy and and uh, I just want to know, like, what, what's your best memory <laughs> of the crazy-ass home crowd? I got plenty, but I'm going to be selfish today. Yeah. I had six oh, in the your, overtime. It's your podcast. Go ahead. <laughs> um, I remember we played Evansville, man, and I had six points in the overtime. <laughs> oh, my God. We played against Evansville, and uh, we went into overtime. Uh-huh. And uh, I had six six points, six big points in the overtime to, and a go-ahead jumper to uh, to so- solidify the game. Um, that was one moment. Uh, I can just remember every shot that I hit. I always look over to Coach Matt because I'm always shooting the shots when I want to shoot them, not, yeah. you know, not in the midst of our offense. And all I hear is his mouth doing this. Can't hear him because the crowd is so loud. I just get back on D, just nodding my head like I heard what he said. You know, like, I, it, it was that loud. Oh, also. Are, oh, no, no, go ahead, Joe. Finish that thought. Because I just, bro, I'm laughing right now. I got so many memories of you that just popped up to my head right now. But yeah, man. You know, I, I mean, I feel like I have my own coach in my own head, you know. Uh, but uh, also, I remember how we sold out 75% of the Missouri Valley Conference tournament. Uh, it's just yep. a testament to how Blue Jay Nation is. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I'm always going to say something funny about a personal memory, but truthfully, I go back to that 75% of the arena sold out at uh, the Missouri Valley Conference Tournament. It was a home game for us. So as long as our fans still bleed blue like the way I know they do, we understand mm-hmm. what's at stake. We just need the uh, Blue Jay Nation to mount up, man. We need to rally because we got Ryan down. We got everything uh, at stake, man. We we need we need our fans. We need our we need our fans. Bro, I'm laughing so hard because <laughs> you were the king of the fans going no 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember when we was in the CBI final against Oregon at home when Coach Altman came back for the first time back to Omaha. And oh, we were yeah. like up, up seven or eight, I think. And we got an offensive rebound, a couple of minutes left. We're, we're supposed to milk the clock down. The ball gets sold to you, and you said, hell no, nah, I'm shooting it. I'm shooting it. And to be a wow. 11. And then, like, again, like the crowd popped. Like, I know you, you and me, we're both wrestling fans growing up. Like, oh, that Stone pop. Cold, hey, that the pop, Rock. That pop. that pop is everything. I bro. Know. So, what's hey, that ball go through the hoop? And you but hear this that is the pop? thing I appreciate about our team. Y'all know I'm shooting that regardless. Right. <laughs> oh, I, I said it crashing the board. <laughs> <laughs> I'm shooting it regardless, dog. And it's not, and the thing yeah. is, like, the fans learned to understand who I was, and I never did mm-hmm. it from a, a malicious and selfish place. It was just that uh, uh, extra bit of confidence that I got that I felt mm-hmm. like that I just rose to the occasion in key moments to put everybody, like, on our side. I always did it at the right time. You know, I never, yeah, so- I never did it out of turn. I definitely remember that one. I remember against Northwestern the next year. Same I kind of situation. <laughs> the, no, I remember Grant Gibbs got the offensive rebound. And like, because he was like around a whole bunch of people, he just swung it out to you real quick. Yeah, to start of like, even, even, even Grant was like, hey, like, give me this ball back. <laughs> down. And you just said, hell no. <laughs> hey, hey, this is how I know that I was the king of taking those uh, ill-advised shots. <laughs> We're in the Missouri Valley Conference tournament playing against Illinois State. And we're up trying to get the ball in. And I'm wide open. And Grant called a timeout. <laughs> he didn't pass it to me. And I went off on him. Like, man, pass me the ball. He's like, don't shoot it. I was like, I'm not going to shoot it, bro. 
that's hilarious. That's so funny. So, yeah, man. Yeah, that's when funny. you were talking about that just now, all those memories just popped back into my head. And I got a couple. Like, I remember when we had UAB at home, and that was your game, bro. Like, you 18 in a row. One, and I, and then Boise as well. Uh, we ended up losing that game, but you had a really good game against Boise State at home. Yeah. I remember none of us, aside from you, like really play well. Aside from you, I mean, Doug always played well, but aside from Doug you and Doug, Doug, no one else really right. played well. But I just remember those yeah. moments, bro. But that pop, like, yeah. we just talked about like the WWE feeling, like when you hear Stone Cold's oh, glass shatter God. and he comes through the screen or whatever. Hey. What, what did that pop like mean to you, like when you first hear it for something that you did? It meant I told you, Coach Mac. <laughs> it meant let me shoot that thing. Let me let me shoot the ball, bro. Cause like <laughs> I've been running your offense all game. Mm-hmm. And right now, honestly, I, I tell got you what, I got man, this shot right now. <laughs> yeah, like it's one of those things where truthfully, though, like um, I just I mean, I live for adversity, man. I've been through so much in my life, man. Truthfully, uh like when the stakes are on the line, man, I think that's where I'm at my best. And I just feel like my 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 mindset, my mentality, my spirit just goes into a determination mode. And I don't even see the reality that others see. I only see the goal, you know, mm-hmm. and I just react according to that moment, man. And it, it, it just ends up like that, you know. Yeah. I mean, I guess yeah, in my mentality, right? <laughs> sometimes it'd be like that. He was your favorite player, bro. Hey, I need to ask you this because you had a pair of Kobe threes back in the day, the gray and the blue ones. I know they're out of commission, but do you still have it somewhere? Like, because you do. were really big about you actually do, because you were really big basement. about whatever shoes you were done with, you would give them away or whatever, like yeah. give them back to the people. But yeah. I remember like seeing those. I'm like, bro, you better keep those for a while. For yeah, whatever, really. I did keep those. Yeah, you know what Actually, the mama means to me. You know, yeah, I, I know. Hey, hey, for those fans who don't know how much I love Kobe Bryant, um, Caleb Corver was on our team. Um, I don't know my sophomore year. I want to say, were you were you there or did you come the year after? No, I was. Caleb was my senior. So okay, K- All right, Caleb, Kenny, Daryl, Wayne. Uh, Casey, those are my seniors. Yeah, so I think yeah. the fans will appreciate this. So we're at Illinois State, and uh, um, Kyle comes to one of our practices and is mm-hmm. after shooter uh, after our shoot around getting ready for the game. And Kyle walks up to me. I'm a huge Kyle Cover fan. I mean, luckily he's one of my friends, you know. Now, but um, when I first met him or whatever, I shook his hand. I was like, "Oh man, you're my second favorite player behind Kobe, bro." <laughs> and I think we got tight after that because uh, yeah. he couldn't believe that I said, "Like <laughs> the Mamba is number one." Right. You know, you know but, but I mean, uh, it would kind of make sense growing up in Omaha, watching him play for the Jays, right down the street from where you grew sure, up. At, basically. Exactly. So, like, it makes sense for him to be the legend that he is, and for you to is. like have he this is. affinity for him. Exactly, and I and just in the moment. I think all that clicked in my mind was, wow, you played against Kobe. Not even, wow, that's Kyle Corp. <laughs> I'm, I'm uh, 19, 19 years old, man, and I remember I said that. And I just I, – I didn't even – and I was so innocently honest about it, I didn't even mean to say it. It just came out like that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, but, uh, but, yeah, man, I love Kobe. I still got those shoes. <laughs> They definitely in the basement, man. And, uh, man, they're going to be down there until I can figure out what to do with them, you know? Bro, you better hold on to those forever, I promise you, because they don't be making those no more. So if I'm you, I'm holding on to them. Even though I know you hooped in them, they're probably all beat up. Keep them Yeah, they are. They're never going to make those again. Right. Uh, So doesn't it kind of feel like this day season has flown by? Like I I just mentioned, we're a week away from Big East tournament, like, why, why is time flying by the older man, that we get? Or is that just like, me? Honestly, man, time flies when you're having fun. You know, as I look at yeah. that uh, Valley Conference tournament champion flag behind you, man. Like, you know I what just year this was too, right? Yes. Uh, uh, it's a, a statistic that people don't recognize. We led for all but 48 seconds of that entire tournament. That really? is how. Yes, we did. Uh, what that's was how, the 48 seconds? Wichita State scored first. And then they never led again. <laughs> oh, dominance, bro. Yes. Like, listen, man, credit to the fans, credit to our team. Um, mm-hmm. Like, time flies when you're having fun, man. And so um, 
that's why I felt for Ryan, you know, just going back to the Jays and his injury. Like, I mean, he was playing with all world confidence, man. Like win, win or lose, like that kid always leaves it on the floor. And for that to happen, man, like, you know, like we got to rally behind him. So we definitely need our fans to come out. We definitely need our players to step up. And, uh, you know, I, I believe in coach. You know, I think Coach Mack, um, definitely hell of a coach. I think we can figure this out. Easy money. Uh, we have a hell of a summer to look forward to. Speaking of a hell of a coach, we got TBT coming up to Omaha yes, sir. this summer, bro. And I remember when we was in Wichita, like how cool of an experience it was. And you and I were having conversations about like, man, we need to get this to Omaha. And you were like really trying to spirit it like, hey, like it's going to happen. Right. I was thinking like maybe a couple of years down the line after like we established ourselves a little bit. But you talking you, to me. You saw you saw a bigger picture than I obviously did. So yeah. I kind of want to know uh, for the fans who are curious, like what are some of the like stuff that was happening in the background that really like helped you not only convince them that Omaha would be a good place to host, but for them to actually pull the trigger and be like, yeah, you know what? Yeah, we're going to be in Omaha this summer. Yeah, right. Uh, so, well, first, um, I got to give some credit to uh, definitely um, Michael Vander Vandervoort, you know. Vandy, man my guy. Yep, manager Mike, you know, uh -huh. uh, he's on the sidelines. Definitely uh, Coach Ice, our assistant coach or whatever, um, and helping me in this process, but it is beyond like work. Like if there was an, is there, if there is another word for work, it's that's, that's the word for it. You know, I need a thesaurus right now, but um, yeah. truthfully um, the process is tough be because not only do you have to get uh, the buy-in from our university to see that is uh, worthwhile to be a part of it. You also got to uh, prove to TBT that, um your city actually has a big enough fan base for mm -hmm. people to come out and support you guys playing uh it's a lot that goes into it so for me i had to reach out to all my former friends and teammates trying to get them on board i had mm -hmm. to simultaneously talk to creighton and explain to them that uh we have an opportunity to uh bring our i had to uh, sell it as an opportunity for our alumni to come together for an alumni weekend you know, also have to think about what else is going on on campus at that particular moment in time uh, that uh, coexists with ESPN hosting um, hosting their dates on TV. Also talk to the TBT and um, explain to them about um, how big our fan base is and what it would mean for this opportunity to be in Omaha. Um, what helped me sell this opportunity was I've started three years even before we even got to play in the TBT. Um, I was sitting on the couch uh, watching the TBT. Uh, I think I had a conversation with yourself, Grant Gibbs, uh, Justin Carter, just talking to a, a few of our friends, you know, from our brotherhood, just like, hey, man, we need a team. Uh, mm -hmm. From there, uh, Grant Gibbs actually had just got his head coaching job uh, for the Oklahoma City Blue. And I said, hey, you're a coach. Um, if I can pull off an opportunity like this to put a team in, would you be interested? And uh, Grant said, well, I'm, I'm sure I'll be well busy with being a head coach or whatever, but here goes the generic email for TBT. So he sent me the generic email from TBT and uh, I immediately sought out to them just talking to, talking to them about um, how I was interested in starting the team. They immediately called me back and said, hey, we've been trying to get greatness since the beginning. So that is what it was in our favor. Uh, so from there, uh, they said, we're, we're open to get you guys in as long as you can um, have a, a certain criteria of Creighton Blue Jays at a play. But also, um, depending on how you uh, uh, perform in the tournament and also how uh, the timing of university works uh, happen on campus with the timing, if things work out for you and you actually win a game, we'll bring it to Omaha. So the whole time that if you think back to our practice, you wonder why I was pressing you so much. You was wondering why, because we were playing for the opportunity to actually have TBT come. But um, just summing it up, man, a lot of simultaneous works with uh, TBT, the university and um, um, 
it helps that uh, we coincidentally played against the Shockers. You know, I mean, of course they line it up that way. Like I don't care what anybody says, man. They no. line it up for us to, to they have that did. game, and it's it's fine. But I just wish, like, I thought about this in the NCAA tournament. Like, I'm gonna think about it with this upcoming tournament too. Like, we should have been four seed that in to... that tournament when we played North Carolina. I know, man. Oh, we well, were when, seventh seed and should have been the fourth seed. When when I think back about like some of the seedings that we got and all that stuff, like just come out and admit that you're trying to build the story. You know what I mean? Like don't, right. don't pull our chain talking about like, oh no, like you guys are an eight seed. Like, I don't want to hear it. Like, I don't want to hear it one bit. All I exactly. want to know is that like, just be truthful with me that like you was just trying to make sure that we played Doug versus Harrison Barnes. Like, you know what I mean? Like, exactly. just be truthful and that's, with me. And that's how the narrative went for us. Yeah. Once uh, they seen, once TBT seen the reaction to that game, how the viewership of that game, big shot bigs, Deverell Biggs from Omaha Central, mm-hmm. uh hitting that shot and us going number one on Sports Center. They did their research and found out how big the rivalry was. And mm-hmm. uh immediately uh, they just took they, they I'm not saying they didn't take me serious before, but usually that process is a lot longer, but that was expedited because of the hype around the game. Yeah. Well, that's big time. I'm so happy to be like, I've always kind of dreamed about what would it feel like to be playing in Omaha on campus one more time. I'm definitely going to get that feeling this summer. Uh, So I'm dummy excited about it. Tickets are on sale right now. July 16th through 19th. We're going to play on the women's uh, uh, in the women's arena on uh, at the DJ Sokol. DJ Sokol. Yeah. Yep. And um, Uh, if you're wondering about the teams that will be involved, uh, we're going to have a, a in-state rivalry from Creighton, Nebraska. We're going to have uh, Kansas schools. We're going to have Chicago schools. We're going to have Iowa schools. And maybe a few more fly in that you love to watch us compete against as the Jays. So you got to be there. Don't don't meet me there. Beat me there. Tickets are on sale right now. Ticketmaster. <laughs> I was going to give you – I'm going to give you another chance to say all of that again at the end of it, but I'm glad that you mentioned all of that. As a coach – uh, this was the first time that you were introduced to the Elam ending as far as like participating. I know you knew what it was before. This is the first time Creighton fans who were paying attention last summer got a chance to understand what Elam ending is. I actually had a chance to play in Elam ending in the Canadian Elite Basketball League the summer prior to playing in TBT. What, what's your take on the Elam ending? They've introduced it now for the All-Star game in the NBA. It makes things just a little bit more exciting, obviously, which every game ends in the game-winning shot. Um, as a, I want to know your honest perspective as like a fan, okay. a okay. former player, and then I want to know about your perspective as a coach going through it. Like, what are some of the things that you like learn that has to change? Like, what what is your strategy going into an Elam ending? Good question. Um, well, the thing I like about the Elam ending is, um, it's not just about every game ends on a game winner. It's more mm-hmm. so about you gotta every every possession matters. Because you have to have a target score. How it works is you you play, and then all of a sudden you get to I want to say is it the fourth quarter uh, under four yeah. minutes, and there's under a target. four minutes in the fourth quarter. Then there's a target. It's I think it was plus nine. Whoever plus, the leading scorer was had to exactly. win or uh, score nine more points in order to win the game. Exactly. I think that I love that model, and the United States of America should adopt that for all basketball from high school varsity, all the way up to the NBA. One, from an entertainment standpoint, um, fans love to see competition. And what better way to compete when everything matters? I mean, if you think about it, from a player standpoint, you play in these games and you you just approach the whole game different. Like right now, if I dwell back to the times that I played, when we played at Creighton, when we prepared for games, we were trying to win segment by segment or possession by possession with the intentions of winning a segment. And we knew mm-hmm. that strategically we would have to game plan and adjust accordingly for the long haul of the game. With the Elam ending, every single possession matters because at the end of the game, it adds up to a plus on the leading team with a target score. So mm-hmm. it just makes the it just makes the games more competitive. It makes the strategy a lot um, different. And um, it makes for man, it makes for a good basketball game. I love the Elam ending. It makes for a hell of an exciting basketball game for sure. It does. And like I and like you just mentioned, like it feels like especially in the fourth quarter, if the game is anywhere close, 
every single possession matters. You really see teams like, oh, right. no, okay, what do we need to get? Hey, could you imagine possession? if the NCAA tournament had um, 64 teams and every single game was tied until the last second shot? <laughs> that's right? pretty much what it is, right? Yeah, that and that that's the that is the approach and the excitement uh behind the tournament. And that's pretty much what TBT is. I love the Elam ending. Um it was, I think looking back on our loss to Wichita State, what I won't do again is set ball screens when the Elam ending, because now it takes you back to your childhood when you're thinking about that five, four. You just gotta go mm-hmm. make a play, you know, like. Moving forward, we will end our games on making a play. If it's literally about game winner, it's me versus you, mano a mano. I score, you lose. That's that's what it is. <laughs> that is such an insight on your mentality. There's yep. no other option. I yep. score, you lose. <laughs> that's not a. Hey, now looking back on it, the Elam ending was in my brain when I played for Creighton. Mm. You know, those Northwestern yeah, games. <laughs> I guess, yeah. I score, you lose. They know if and their buts about it. That's it. What, what I what I like about it is that teams just can't sit on leads, you know. That's what kind of makes basketball a little bit boring at the end. So if right. you're up four with, like, a minute left, like, you would want to, like, hold on, waste the entire shot clock and all that stuff, and and really you just let time take care of itself. But in the Elam ending, you still got to go get a bucket no matter you gotta what. You got to go so, play. Exactly. And that certainly makes it a little bit more exciting. We exactly. had a hell of a shot. You mentioned big shot, bigs, Devrel bigs, making that crazy corner bank in three. And you saw all of us rush him. But then on the other flip side of that, like we had Wichita steal the ball and score a layup and ended the game like that. So exactly. for me, obviously, because I play more traditional basketball as the year goes on, I play Elam in the summer. Like I kind of wish in that Wichita example that it was more traditional. So we have one more shot uh, at it, you know, yeah. but hey, so again, like sometimes it, it goes like that where, you know what, that's the rules that we signed up to play under and you just kind of have right. to accept the rules yeah. of the playground at that point. Yeah. If I had to choose one, uh, I would say Elam, I would say Elam ending in the championship games only, you yeah. know, I love uh, – don't get me wrong. I love Elam ending, but I love traditional basketball for sure. Uh, mm-hmm. I like the game the way it is, but I think the Elam ending shall be thrown in at some point on yeah. all levels. That is what I'm, I'm saying. I hear you. Bro, <laughs> it felt like if like we just talked about it, like that Wichita game. I felt like we, did, we had it in our hands, and it just kind of slipped out. You already kind of talked about – you already kind of talked about some of the changes that she would do. I want to know your gut feeling, obviously, as a coach. Like, I know, like, that reaction that you had because I was in the locker room with you. But, like, right. if you were a player suited up in that point in time, how do you think that moment would have made you feel? Oh, man. From a player standpoint, I think that, that uh, well, first of all, I mean, there's two perspectives. One perspective is when it happened to me as a player, there would be mm-hmm. a lot of, damage in the locker room like i would like yeah. i'll be flipping tables and all of that because the 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 drive of the elam ending makes you want to win that much more that's yeah. how much i'm crediting the elam ending figuratively but literally as a player in that moment um i think it it like it takes the life out of you man because if you think about the story of in the narratives you think about the wichita state versus the creighton everything can be questionable man i just honestly feel like uh, we played well enough and we executed well enough to win that game. And there were opportunities where I feel like whistles could have been blown. You know, mm-hmm. I don't like to leave it in the ref's hands. I just, I'm a believer in you. Uh, if you play the best, you know, leave it all on the floor, it'll work itself out. But I feel like uh, that's what the officiating is for. So mm-hmm. is an asterisk behind that loss to me because I'm just not at peace on how, uh, two possessions prior before there were no fouls called in those moments. So from a coach standpoint, that's how I feel from a player standpoint. If I can do anything else again, I feel like I would never, um, um, I guess it's, I can only speak from a coach's perspective. Um, you know, um, I wouldn't have put our, our, our team in a position to, um, go off of any ball screens because they wouldn't have an opportunity to double the trap. 
So mm-hmm. I blame myself uh, on a coaching perspective. I think our players did everything that we could do. Uh, it wasn't about miss or making shots. We we uh, played to the flow of the game all the way up until that moment. And uh, mm-hmm. I put it on myself as a coach, a coaching era. If I hadn't, I would feel better if we went one-on-one, missed a shot, and they got it and then scored versus mm-hmm. have two no calls and then one trap and uh, a turnover for a layup. Right. That's the best way to uh, sum it up. You had like a crazy dynamic as a coach. You got to coach a bunch of guys that you, one you grew up with, played with or against in the Omaha community. I talk about G Smith, obviously Dev. Uh, right. And then the other aspect of like guys like me and Austin, uh, yeah. guys who you played with at Korean, like, and all of a sudden, like, we were looking at you as a head coach. You're looking yeah. at us I thought as about that. Players. What, so that. what was that? I want to know what was that dynamic like? And obviously, like, the player-coach relationship, there's always going to be, like, some tension there, especially when things aren't going the right way and whatever. Right. What are some of the things that we could have done to make your job a little bit easier? And, and reflecting back, what are some of the things that you feel like, oh, I definitely needed to, like, learn this in this moment so that when we come back to Omaha, I could show myself to be a better coach, someone that has learned from this yeah. experience? Understood. Uh, well, first of all, I think uh, – um, I commend everybody that know me personally that was on our roster for the simple fact that you guys respected me enough to not just allow me to coach you. Uh, Like not one moment did I see you guys view me as your friend when we were uh, practicing and playing. I, I, I was impressed. I was actually honored because I felt like you guys uh, acknowledged that I knew the game enough to, uh, I mean, you play professional basketball. You know, and for me to uh, be able to coach you makes me feel like that I am knowledgeable enough to uh, relate from a professional level level all the way down to an amateur level when it comes to critiquing critiquing and coaching. Uh, Personally, um, I feel like uh, what you guys could do um, for me to uh, help me better with my coaching experience is just come back, man. I feel like everything was perfect the way it was. Um, um, You guys, whether I made the right choice or the wrong choice, you uh, respected me as a coach and rallied behind me and helped me in those certain moments. Like there was a play that you personally drew up during the timeout that got us a big three. Man, and the the thing is, I – I felt like we were all players again. It's like we mm-hmm. all are thinking on the same wave and level. So I just handed you the clipboard because we were all in it together. You know, like it wasn't more so it wasn't no like here. Uh, like, let me do this. You don't know what you were doing. It was more so we were right. all thinking together. And in that moment. Uh, well, we knew we knew we wanted to take a three. And it's just we were trying to figure yes. out what set or what could we do to get an open three. So. Exactly. I, I appreciate I appreciate that you had the trust in me too, that you were just like, yo, what, exactly. what you thinking of? What should we do? You know? Yeah, because I literally deferred to you in that moment, you know. And because mm-hmm. the thing is with the TBT, that what makes it different from uh actual from my perspective, from me coaching versus uh me coaching at an actual collegiate program or a professional program is uh the environment and energy that I'm trying to bring is more so a player coach relationship not uh, necessarily a head coach opportunity for myself. Uh, you know, I, I try to, you, if you notice with a guy like me, uh, I try to get a group of guys that mimic my character. They play hard, they're all in, and they leave it all on the floor. We're not really looking for, going, it'd be cool, going between the legs, dunking and all that type of stuff. But I, I can only teach passion. And I feel like everybody on our roster had the same heart, the same passion, that I had, and it made it easy for the culture to be set. So um, I didn't feel like my job was too hard. And also, when it came to organization and brains, we had Coach Ice there. Coach Ice is a head mm-hmm. head assistant basketball coach. He kind of balanced that temperament in the room, and uh, he gave me a lot of uh, insight, and we deferred to him whenever there were certain opportunities. So mm-hmm. I think the energy was perfect for our coaches. What should the Crane fans expect when they're going to, you know, pay their ticket? Like you said, Ticketmaster, tickets are on sale right now. When they're going to pay their hard-earned money to come watch us play this summer. With it being in Omaha, 
What should the fans expect of an Omaha Blue Crew creating affiliated TBT squad once they pay their ticket, get through the turnstiles, and, and watch the team play this upcoming summer? Uh, imagine your imagine your fan favorite Jays best moments when you were watching them play at the CHI Health Center. Now, also imagine Josh Jones being himself. <laughs> And you put that all into a ball. What what a recipe. <laughs> <laughs> what a recipe for entertainment and very competitive mm. Blue Jay basketball, right? You know, just, a, just an opportunity of uh, entertainment. I mean, aside from the way that we do it from our culture of Blue Jay Nation always showing up and showing out and supporting our mm -hmm. own, you're going to get an opportunity to see other star-studded players that you either watch on TV or watch your Jays compete against. So why not come see an opportunity where you get to see basketball at its finest. And uh, it, it's like a, it's like a, uh, it's like a professional alumni tournament, to be honest with you. I mean, that is what it is. That's exactly it, what it is. It's a, a professional. professional yeah. Everybody, everybody that is on each roster across the board either plays at a, uh, uh, NBA G, uh, G League level or at some high level abroad, everybody. Mm -hmm. So it's very competitive. Uh, and it's everybody just getting extra reps in the summer. Like, um, I, I, I credit the TBT a lot because they put together something that allowed uh, the professional basketball players to get a competitive rep over the summer. Cool experience. You know, you get to travel some more, get to be with your family and friends. You know, for us as Creighton, you know, we get to have an alumni weekend. You get to see your Doug McDermott's, your Kyle Corvers, your Anthony Tolliver's, your other, uh, you know, your your other, um, you know, favorite alumni players. And, man, we just enjoy the weekend. It's going to be a great moment. Um, home cooking, home crowd. Hopefully um, home rest. Home, yeah, we <laughs> <home> right. <laughs> we not like Wichita State, man. <laughs> but hey i go lie, bro I, that's how i feel at wichita like i am i allowed to say it am i gonna go hey check this out everybody <laughs> talks about how amazing the wichita state arena and fans are right mm -hmm. i didn't hear a single shocker cheer until the last moments of that game that's right. how much control we had Right. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. We had we had bro. I mean it's all we can we can't dwell on the past no more. We got a chance to make yeah. it up this summer for sure. I don't want to kind of put you on the spot. Obviously, I am very interested because I do want to keep giving the fans, you know, a little bit more to look forward to. Uh if you don't have commitment from these players, I don't need you to go out and say that they're gonna oh, play. okay. Oh yeah, but yeah, what, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but what crane uh former crane players should we look forward to maybe being on the team, maybe potentially being on the team? And again, like I don't want you to say like such and such is gonna play and then they don't show up and then fans are upset or whatever. Yeah, for but sure. I know that you've been cooking and you've been working on trying to get guys to come back and really be involved with this process. So uh who you got uh, on the roster so far if you're allowed right. to say it. Hey, I'll say this first to all the fans out there. Who do you want to see play? Send them a tweet. DM on Instagram. Uh, <laughs> mention them on your Instagram comments. You know, who do you want to see play? But yeah. as we say that, I, I'll give you a few names. Um, obviously, you got yours truly. Number 12, my guy, mm -hmm. Mena guy, uh, playing, uh, coming back for a second year. Um, also, uh, I'm excited about this one. I feel like uh, this will this will be a come out season. I, I think when he was in college, he really didn't get that opportunity to uh, really show the full potential of who he is. But Wayne Reynolds, mm -hmm. Wayne Reynolds will be back. You know, he didn't get a chance to play last year because Wait, he was supposed to. Yeah. Yeah. But he was playing in a um, uh in a, a TBL league where I feel like I think his team actually won the won the yeah, title. Yeah, they won. They won the whole thing. They won the whole thing. Yeah, I mean Wayne. Wayne is a man child. You know, I'll, mm -hmm. I'll say that for sure. Wayne has uh, Wayne has been playing his fair share of basketball um, post college. Um, yeah. You know, also uh, we got Austin Chapman coming back again. You know, a one. Um, yeah, you know he, he 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 was great with the handles. Uh, 
really great floor general. And then uh, I'll give you one more. Um, you got Josh Jones. I'm coaching the team again. <laughs> <laughs> I got I got Easy. more names. I got some yeah. names. I don't. I you know I want to. I, like I said, you do your diligence and you seek out to those you want to see. Maybe they're on the team. Maybe they not. You know, we got more names. I just want to give you. That's the thing a too is like I know like you obviously are working all the time to make sure you get this thing cracking the way that it's meant to be cracked. You know what I mean? So uh, yeah. I do feel. I, I mean, we could like have I Anthony could Tolliver, you, you know. I mean, we could. We couldn't. You just never know. Hey, hey, hey! Sh- hey, 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 hey I don't <laughs> want to mess up the potential of it happening. You know what I mean? So like. Right. That's why I said, if you have commitment from these guys already, for sure, we'd love to know who I would love to know who my teammates are personally. But obviously, the fans who are just more and more on the fence of, hey, like, will it be worth it? Trust me, guys, it'll be worth it. Like, with the, yeah, the people will. that we're trying to get on the roster, I promise you, like, you're going to get a lot of bang for your buck for sure. Uh, before I let you go, bro, you know, it'd be hard pressed for me to have this whole interview with you. And now talk about the stuff that you're doing in the community. Like, this is oh, one of the sure. things that I love the most about you ever since, I mean, even before you were you were forced into retirement unfortunately because of your heart issues even before all that you was deep in the community as a student athlete are like always trying to give back always trying to organize things in order to like this is how i really got in touch with the north omaha community and that's how i got ingratiated the community was through you so what are some of the endeavors that you've been taking a part of in the last year in the last couple of years that like obviously you still uh, lend a hand at that you help fundraise for what are some of the things that like as Korean fans, as me as a pro, you know, that we could, you know, donate to, give back to in any way, shape, or form. Right. Um, I, I think my latest and I won't say greatest, but uh, one of my latest projects now, I'm actually the uh, director of sports development, a part of a group called Community Health Development Partners. Uh, what we're doing is building a 100, I think it's maybe 100, I'll just say $100 million plus uh recreational wellness campus uh in the inner city community um it'll be off of martha street between 24th and martha and vinton street um it's going to be an opportunity just for the inner city in general we're going to uh bring together north and south omaha communities on 25 acres of land uh from a sports perspective since we're talking sports um Mm -hmm. i am in charge of developing basketball um also uh football track soccer um volleyball um we're going to do rugby we got golf simulators uh and uh in a skate park uh uh, a full-on skate park so those are the um those are the sports that i'm in charge of outreaching and developing it's not just an inner city opportunity it's open to anybody Mm -hmm. within the state of Nebraska city of Omaha that's interested. We also have other buildings that are doing things such as um, the wellness side, you know, such as uh, mental health, um, um, you know, partnering with the university of Nebraska uh, medical center, you know, for Mm -hmm. uh, stuff there. Um, Just, just a one-stop shop for um, opportunity for uh, wellness in the inner city. If, you, if you're interested in seeing more about it, you can definitely go to uh, communityhdp.com, you know, communityhdp.com, and it, you can find out all about it. We would love for, you know, just everybody to get more interested about it. We did a, a press release in the public not too long ago, but um, I'm excited, man, because it has been my dream to have a... Uh, uh, a one-stop shop opportunity for our um, inner city uh, youth, you know, and families first, but definitely, uh, you know, I love the the city of Omaha, state of Nebraska as a whole, but just a, just another uh, plant place and opportunity. So that's my, my latest project that I'm doing. And I look forward to uh, developing that part of the community. That's big time, Brody. Like you always surprise me with some of the stuff that you're able to do. Uh, some of the plans that you kind of latch onto and help accelerate. Obviously, like we talked about, your drive to bring TBC to Omaha in one summer, essentially. One summer? And now you're doing it. <laughs> and now you're doing it in the community in like in a big time manner, bro. Obviously, super proud of you. Uh, Any way yeah. that I can help, you already know I'm one phone call away. I'm one text away, bro. Just let me know. Yeah. One great thing I'll say from a professional athlete's perspective that we got. Uh, I am personally designing a training facility for 
uh, our professional athletes that are honed and housed in this city to have a place to come back. I mean, obviously, Creighton got the state of the um, state of the art facilities for our basketball program and stuff. But we're just extending the opportunity to we got Terrence Crawford, you know, he's the welterweight hmm. boxing champion of the world champion of the world from North Omaha, you know, yeah. uh, got to put that in there. But uh, but uh, definitely like we got so many professional athletes, but we also have uh, professionals at life is what I call it. You know, we got our uh, future doctors, future lawyers future presidents you know we might have a female president in the future that might come from uh the inner city omaha community or just omaha in general you never know so this yeah. opportunity with the community health development partners to have our own um campus um you know to house opportunities for wellness for the community is huge man so i look forward to uh you know sharing that opportunity Bro, let's make it happen, bro. You already know I'm 110%. Uh, right. Before before we sign off, you know, i like to give you the floor. Uh, we just talked about your community outreach. Uh, is there anything else that you'd like to add on to that or anything that you'd like to say to the Jays fans, the TBT Jays fans, like before we sign off? Yeah, um, I'll say this, man. Uh, I appreciate you guys keeping the legend of Josh Jones alive. It started as Keep a joke. Alive, baby. Keep Bob alive, <laughs> yeah, baby. It, 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 start, it started as a joke uh, being the three-time state champion, the only three-time state champion on our roster from all five years of my playing days. Uh, mm -hmm. But it ended up being a legacy. And that's I couldn't do that without you guys just getting behind me as I try to do what I can to support uh, the community. Uh, I love Blue Jay Nation. And uh, like you said, Jay, keep five alive, man. That's that's actually one of the shirts we'll be uh, selling on our uh, Jay's TBT summer brand. So, you know, keep, keep five alive, man. Um, you know, the legend continues, man. Appreciate it. I hear you, bro. Make sure to like and subscribe to the Field of 68 Media Network. I appreciate you guys so much. I've been your host, Jahans Lee Maniga, a.k.a. 12. This was my guest, Jay Jonesy. Jonesy, <laughs> don't make me get burp after you, bro. Burp, burp again after you now. Uh, six two Jonesy, five Jones, bro. You already know what it is. Appreciate you, bro. Love you, bro. Uh, let's get a dub this summer, man. Let's 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 make it big time. Why not? Let's get a dub. Uh, the current Jays too, man. We rooting for you. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, obviously, we have to mention that UConn on Wednesday, Cena Hall on Saturday, locking that third seed in the in the Big East swimming, man. Y'all y'all are doing good as alumni. As I can say, speak for Josh on this one. We're definitely proud of you guys and the work that you put in this year. And don't forget, you have a, a teammate that's gone down that I know you guys are going to be fighting for as well. So, crowd, come out and support the Jays. We're going to be doing it from where we are. I, I'm in Poland right now, so I got to do my due diligence. I'm sure you're going to be in the building. I feel like you're Come on, man. Ain't no question. Ain't no question. <laughs> so, bro, boys, bring it home, man. We're so proud of you guys. Uh, and keep doing what you're doing. And this is us signing off. So, as always, I'd like to say once again, thank you guys. Make sure to like and subscribe. Uh, stay safe and go Jays.